Just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over it's Thursday, September 21st, 2023, and you're at jconthewine.com. As you know, we do podcast Monday through Thursday, and we take the weekend off, so this will be it now until Monday of next week. We have a couple of momentous birthdays around the Corcoran house this weekend, and there's going to be some huge surprises for somebody turning 14 years old. That's all I got to say right now. Well, as you know, we do politics here on the podcast only when it is absolutely unavoidable, and I think this is one of those cases. Rachel Maddow uh, scoring a pretty big interview on Monday night. Remember Cassidy Hutchinson? Cassidy Hutchinson, a very tall brunette who was very, very elegant, extremely articulate, and was one of the big witnesses in the January 6th hearings and came out and she was the one that said Trump tried to grab the steering wheel and make the Secret Service driver drive to the Capitol building when they were telling him, you're not going anywhere near there. You're going to get killed out there. Our job is to protect you. You're going back to the White House. And Trump tried to grab the steering wheel. While all this was going on, by the way, 
Cassidy Hutchinson was in the tent with Donald Trump and Don Jr. and a couple of other people. And she said that Rudy Giuliani was groping her. And she went into a pretty pretty detailed account of what happened. Now Hutchinson is claiming that Giuliani groped her backstage during Trump's infamous speech on January 6th, 2021. The tent was filled with Trump's family and closest insiders, Ivanka, Don Jr., his fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Now Hutchinson writes in her new book Enough that Giuliani was like a wolf closing in on its prey. Rudy wraps one arm around my body. I feel his stack of documents press into the small of my back. I lower my eyes and watch his free hand reach for the hem of my blazer. By the way, he says, fingering the fabric, I'm loving this leather jacket on you. His hand slips under my blazer, then my skirt. I feel his frozen fingers trail up my thigh. Hutchinson says she was filled with rage. A rep for Giuliani, who was indicted a month ago for allegedly interfering in the 2020 presidential election, says Mayor Rudy Giuliani will pursue all appropriate legal action against this disgusting lie. Rudy, you nasty. There are a lot of people who won't believe that story, and they'll say, well, you got it from Inside Edition. Well, just because it's a tabloid show doesn't mean the information is suspect. You know, they have to follow journalistic standards there, too, or you end up getting sued. So you can question the source. And I don't even bother having these discussions anymore because you can prevent cold hard evidence that is beyond reproach and people will say well where did you get that where did you read that and you tell them where no matter what your answer is they'll say well there you go <laughs> so, so it's it's all just an exercise in futility at this point but anyhow it's going to be on monday night on msnbc running that against monday night football philly and tampa boy that's going to be a good game everybody's wondering whether baker mayfield is for real we know that the eagles are for real but is baker mayfield tom brady's replacement for the tampa bay bucks is he for real he's going to get a good test on monday night i think we'll know a lot more we may have some good news finally you know i watch in essence no network tv certainly no primetime network tv with a very very small number of exceptions if it's news you know magazine shows like Sunday Morning Willie Geist, I think, does a great job. CBS Sunday Morning, I've been watching since 1979. But I consider those news, well, they are news shows. So I'm either watching news, or I'm watching sports, or I'm watching my late-night TV friends. Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, A Closer Look is brilliant writing and very funny. And it's gotten to the point where I can't stand the sight of Bill Maher anymore, but I've always enjoyed the show to the extent that you're able to when the host is just, man, I don't know what this guy's into. Fighting with Howard Stern now. The hell's going on? And of course, you know, Saturday Night Live. I've never seen an NCIS show in my life. I never, <laughs> never watched... That Jimmy Fallon thing, what's it called? That's my jam. Used to watch American Idol back in the day. I haven't watched that in years. If there's something really good from American Idol or America's Got Talent, it shows up on my Facebook feed, and that's all I need to see. If somebody comes out and just kills, it'll eventually show up there, and I watch it there. And I'm proud to say, very, very proud to say, I never watch reality TV, and I never have. Stuff will make your brain 
go soft. You know, I've talked about this before. Andy Cohen seems like a pretty nice guy, and I'm sure I'll meet him someday. I haven't yet. But it, it's just very interesting the way he's being celebrated in St. Louis, and everybody always claiming Andy Cohen because he's from St. Louis. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, except when you take into consideration how Andy Cohen became famous. And he became famous by putting out this real housewife-type stuff garbage. It's sewage. But he's so upbeat and so you know friendly and likable and everything that, that people were like, yeah, no, we love Andy Cohen. And I mentioned all this because yesterday they had negotiations out in California between the networks and the writers. And to everybody's surprise, I think, and again, one of my best friends was the former president of the Writers Guild for two years in New York. So if something's happening, I find out about it. He knows where all the bodies are buried. I talk to him all the time. And I keep asking him, are you hearing anything? Are you hearing anything? He's like, no. And all of a sudden, this comes out yesterday that they met and that the meeting went really, really well. They negotiated some stuff out. And there's even one story floating around that indicates that there could be an announcement as early as this afternoon about uh, finally getting an end to this work stoppage. Now, the TV shows, particularly the uh, evening dramas and stuff, those things, you know, you need like uh, four to six weeks minimum to turn those things around because they shoot them, they got to edit them, and that stuff takes time. They got to score them, you know, put the music on. Not to mention the fact you've got to round everybody up. You know, going back to the uh, late night TV talk shows, I know for a fact Stephen Colbert has been living down in South Carolina where he's from. So he's there. You got writers scattered all over the country. People, you know, let's just assume they get this thing worked out. You got to get everybody back in line. And I can't see them cranking out new shows, at least in terms of late night stuff, until at least a week. But I'll take it. You know, I'll take it because this has been awful. It's like the best part of my day. It's what I look forward to all day is the late night stuff right after the ball games. I watch the news. I watch the ball games and then I watch all the late night stuff. This is uh, this is what uh, this is what I'm interested. In. I enjoy this. So maybe it's coming back. Maybe we'll see. I'll tell you something else that's funny, just to show you how <laughs> I don't know what the word is. How people have blackballed me. Now I've been broadcasting in St. Louis for almost forty years. It'll be forty years this coming May. Is there a more Irish name than Corcoran? For God's sakes, it's derived from County Cork. In Ireland, it could barely be more Irish than somebody with the name Corcoran. Has anybody ever asked me to be the Grand Marshal of the St. Patrick's Day Parade? No. Am I heartbroken over it? No. No. I just think it's funny. And then the one that really cracks me up is Nikki Glazer. Now, let me just tell you something. Up until about six months ago, I was really, really getting a kick out of watching Nikki Glazer's star rise. Actually, make that about a year ago. And I was like, oh, man, I-, I can't wait to meet this chick. She's from Kirkwood. Probably listened to some of the stuff we used to do on the radio back when she was in her teenage years. Probably have a really, really upbeat, fun conversation. And then three things happened. First, they announced that she was going to do a show on, I think it was on E. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on E. Half-hour show. It's like, oh, this is great. We well, turn it on, and it's this stupid reality show. She's running around St. Louis, you know, do I have a boyfriend? Do I not have a boyfriend? Am I going to appear on this radio show? Am I not going to appear on this radio show? And I got to, oh my God, I've got a catastrophe at my apartment. And it's like, oh, thought you were going to be funny. So that was number one. 
Number two, the act started to wear thin on me because that's the problem when you're see this was a, the mistake a lot of people made about judging our shows especially back in the 80s and 90s they just wrote us off as being like this dirty show well here's the thing of course that's not the case because if you do dirt the only way you can top yourself is to do something dirtier and filthier and then you do that and it's like you got to top yourself so now you got to be guttural then that doesn't work anymore it wears thin so now you got to be like scatological and dirty it's a dead-end street you got to be funny and i think she is by the way but it's going to be interesting to see how long she can make that act last so that was the second thing that went wrong and then the third thing we used to know her dad her dad actually was an executive at Uh, I think it was, was it Sencom Cable at the time? Probably was, late 80s, early 90s. And he was one of the guys sort of running the local origination stuff out of that pretty good-sized facility that they had uh, off off Warson. I think it was unincorporated St. Louis County, but it was right sort of on top of Creevecore. And as a matter of fact, Karen Kelly, our old producer and co-host, who I just saw a couple of months ago when we were in St. Louis, she was actually working for him. He was her boss. We're like, well, that's great. Seems like a nice enough guy. Karen always had great things to say about him. So a couple of months ago, Beetle Bob checks out. And as anybody who actually knew anything about Beetle Bob knew, he was a gargantuan, pain in the ass, a mooch, a liar, pathological liar, lied to everybody about everything. And he was a kleptomaniac. I personally watched him being thrown out of two stores in Clayton. One was World News. They saw him walk in. I don't even think it was 30 seconds later. They just tossed him right out. So people are eulogizing him when he dies. And I'm like, give me a fucking break. I'm going to puke here. You people who are writing all these wonderful accolades about Beetle Bob, you know nothing about him. You don't know a thing. And so I was the one telling people, hey, everybody was under this mistaken impression that he was some, you know, just quirky, harmless, innocent, fun-loving guy. Oh, my God. You don't even know the half of it. And the next thing that happens is I get a snotty message from Nikki Glazer's dad. I'm like, oh, really? Really? So you find what I'm doing objectionable while your daughter is making her living discussing every gynecological intimate bodily function fluid secretion and anything else she can think of and you got a problem with me telling the truth about a guy who is a liar and a thief excuse me and then i see they make her the grand marshal of one of the big parades i think it was a fourth of july thing or something she's the grand marshal of the parade but don't let jc corcoran up there my god it'll devour the human spirit Because then it doesn't bother me. It just really makes me laugh. Because, you know, when we came on the scene in 1984, that's what everybody said. And then over the course of time, as the show just got so big, I guess people just laid off. And they figured, well, let's see if we can't can't get rid of him. Let's at least try to get publicity through him. And so people worked with us. And then as soon as I lost the job back in 2009... When the company almost went out of business and they had to start just like cutting costs like crazy, you know, a lot of times some bean counter will come in and you got to cut your budget by five to eight percent. Okay. In this particular case, you got to cut your budget by like 40%. And they just started whacking people like crazy. 
anything that cost them any money they had to get rid of. I still remember Katie Cruz got bounced the same day I did. But then, you know, you lose a lot of your clout when you don't have a radio show. And then you find out who your friends are and you find out who's been using you all the years. And you're like, oh, I see. I thought we were friends or at least had a very comfortable working relationship. You were just using me. And now that I can't do you any good anymore, now, now your true colors come out. Well, you know, I never did this radio show. And I never even moved to St. Louis for the purpose of making friends. I got my friends. They're all the friends I need. The end. Well, look at here. We got a old bulletin, bulletin, bulletin. After postponing several fall concerts, Guns N' Roses have officially canceled their September 9th performance at Bush Stadium. Everybody just assumed that they would reschedule it. And now it appears that is not the case. Tickets purchased through the St. Louis Cardinals website will automatically be refunded. Buyers are asked to allow up to 10 business days for the refund to be processed. You might as well never even bother stopping in St. Louis ever again, comma, douchebag. Don't look now, but COVID is back. Steve Martin, in fact, was supposed to do a series of shows in Las Vegas, I guess, this weekend. And there was an outbreak of COVID amongst his crew and the crew working the room where he's going to do it in Vegas. So they cancel everything. If you've been paying attention, there's this little uptick. You know, it moves up a little higher in the newscast every couple of days that in New York and especially in Los Angeles, they're having pretty serious outbreaks of COVID and the CDC, I think, as early as today, is supposed to make an announcement about a vaccine. This would be your booster on top of your booster on top of your booster. But this thing would protect you from getting COVID or at least mitigate the effects of COVID. See, that's one of those things. I wore a mask and I got COVID. Therefore, masks don't work. Duh, stupid, imbecile. Nobody ever said wearing a mask was going to keep you from getting COVID. It was going to lessen your chances. The vaccines don't keep you necessarily from getting COVID. It greatly reduces your chance of getting COVID. But some people who got the vaccine are still going to get COVID, but they're not going to end up in the hospital or dying in the hospital because the vaccine lessens, mitigates, SAT word of the day, mitigates the effects of COVID. So you get sick instead of ending up in the hospital and checking out. Now, yes, I do have to uh, put lotion on to uh, sort of smooth out the bumps from all those little computer chips that are in the, va- <laughs> the vaccine that are going through my body. And there's people who believe this stuff, people who believe this stuff and make it political. It's like flu shots for years. People say, I got a flu shot and they gave me the flu. That's medically impossible. It's impossible. What they do is they inject you with a dead virus. The dead virus wakes up your immune system and your antibodies, and it starts going, oh, there might be something in here. And it's those antibodies that prevent you from getting the flu. The vaccine can't give you the flu. There's nothing in it that could do it. But man, try try telling people that. Try talking to people. And like I said, if you try to present irrefutable evidence, people will just ask you where the evidence came from, and then they'll poo-poo that. So we're going nowhere fast.
Cardinals got blown off the field again last night. So what happens here now? We've got the day game today, which by the time you hear this is probably over. And then it's off to San Diego weekend series of the Padres. Then they go to Milwaukee Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Close out the regular season next weekend against Cincinnati. Adam Wainwright lobbying hard with one Mr. Ollie Marmol. Wainwright wants another at bat before he retires in 10 days. I don't know why they would say say no. Why the hell? Why not? Can't worry about him getting hurt. He's retiring. It's not going to cost you a game. Doesn't matter because the games don't mean anything. Well, let him go ahead and hit. What the hell? It's a weird story. Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams announced he was resigning in order to, quote, take care of my health and family, end quote. But there's rumors going around the cops raided his home. There's no word why. And I remember this vividly. It was 53 years ago today, 1970, and ABC, a guy by the name of Rune Arledge, said, we're going we're to go ahead and try this. We're going to try and put football games on Monday night. And historically, there were never any football games on any day besides Sunday. Even the playoff games hadn't been moved to Saturday yet or to prime time. You have a football game out at night. And Rune Arledge said, we're going to try this. Everybody thought ABC was crazy. And so they bring in Keith Jackson from And he was the college football guy. They run him in and then Dandy Don Meredith and then Howard Cosell. Now, first problem they ran into is they realized in order for the numbers to go up high enough to really make this a successful venture, they had to have women watching. You know, people who are only in their 30s and even 40s, for that matter, you never heard the term football widow. Gosh, I see, I remember that even into the 80s, where they're always talking about the fact that women were like, I don't know, I don't know, it's Sunday, and he just sits in front of the TV, and he doesn't even talk to me. It's like, I'm not even there. I'm a football widow. So the NFL, again, very wisely said, we got to get women in here. And so they did some research and found out that women were not finding Keith Jackson attractive. Now, before I continue the story, think about that. You're Keith Jackson, and you got to spend the rest of your life knowing that women don't find you attractive, and you know that everybody else knows it too. Man, the NFL can be a tough town. So somebody said, well, what if you put a hot guy in there to do the play-by-play? How about Frank Gifford, good-looking guy? All right, try that. And it worked. And by then, Don Meredith, people had figured out how funny he was. And then people just loved to watch Howard Cosell. Even if they hated him, they watched him. They paid attention to every single word he said. And Cosell used to just roll around in it. He thought it was great. It was making him famous. There was a real good book that came out, oh my God, 30 years ago. It was called Monday Night Mayhem. It's written by Bill Carter, the guy who is a very good friend of Eric Mink, by the way, and was the media critic for the New York Times. And Bill wrote this book called Monday Night Mayhem about all the behind-the-scenes crazy stuff that was going on. And one of the stories he told in the book involved Howard Cosell. Now, fast forward a couple of years, and Cosell is sitting down with Tom Snyder on The Tomorrow Show. And, of course, Snyder, that's the first thing he brings up. Let's go back to a night in Philadelphia in 1971. I've never heard yeah. this from you, and uh, <laughs> some strange things happened in the booth that night. Sure, I was portrayed as a national drunk on air. Well, yeah. I've been all As I heard it, you got loaded and threw up on Frank Gifford. No. <laughs> that's the way I heard it. 
I threw up on Don Meredith. Or on Don Meredith, right. I Here. would never throw up on Frank. <laughs> no matter what my physical health, there's no way I'd impair the magnificence of those good looks. And sartorial resplendence. Splendor, right. Come on, that's a joke. I was sick as a dog. I've suffered all my life almost from vertigo or labyrinthitis from time to time. I have a cold now. My ears mm, are the stuffed, ears get loss stuffed of balance, sometimes thickness of speech. And that was the coldest night I've ever experienced in my life. I ran the track at Franklin Field to try to get warm that night with John Carlos, one of the two Black Power Salute athletes, to try to get warm. I interviewed Ron Johnson before the game. Big run, number 30, then a great star with the Giants, though they were upset by a puerile Eagles team that night. And I really, really got hit by the bug, and it... It hit me, I think, as I recollected, midway in the second quarter. I knew what the consequences would be. I fell into a taxi, take me to New York, got home to Emmy. My wife was terrified about three in the morning, had had calls from Klosterman, who was then at Baltimore before he joined UNLA with the Rams, Al Davis from Oakland, all my friends. But I was... Uh, just sick as a dog, and I have no apologies to make for that. What is the taxi cab fare from Philadelphia to New York? As far as I'm concerned, it's $92, because was that's, that what what it was? Man, that's what the man <laughs> asked me for, and that's what he got. I gave him, right. <laughs> Let me stop for these announcements. We'll continue with Howard Cosell after these messages. You're so talented. <laughs> and by the way, you can go online and watch the introduction of the very first Monday Night Football game on ABC, where Howard is standing there explaining everything. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a football game on now. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Kim Kardashian hanging out with Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. What could possibly go wrong? Never thought I'd see the day I'd be reading a story like this, but Robert De Niro is bringing back his taxi driver character, Travis Bickle, for a series of Uber ads. If you're too young to remember this, Travis Bickle is the guy who looks in the mirror and says, you talking to me. Lana Del Rey finally explained those viral Waffle House videos from, what, about a month or so ago? She was in the restaurant for hours. The servers finally said, hey, you want a shirt? And it eventually ended up with her just sliding into the drive through window just to have some fun. That's all it was. Go online to see the trailer for the Hunger Games prequel. It's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Rachel Ziegler, uh, Peter Dinklage, and Viola Davis. Speaking of COVID, we were just a moment ago. Sherry Shepard tested positive. Had to shut down her show. Ozzy Osbourne was set to undergo his fourth spinal surgery yesterday. He said it would be his last no matter how it turns out. And Bachman Turner Overdrive is returning for a fall tour, but it's just Randy Bachman and a bunch of guys you never heard of. Birthdays today, Nicole Ritchie, 42, Luke Wilson, 52, Ricky Lake, 55, Faith Hill, 56, Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm, married to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who just got a cool $2 million raised for his presidential campaign by Eric Clapton, a couple of anti-vaxxers. Rob Morrow, remember him from Northern Exposure? 61. Dave Coulier, Uncle Joey, is 64. Bill Murray, 73. Stephen King, 76. Don Felder of the Eagles, 76. Jerry Bruckheimer, the man behind CSI, Pirates of the Caribbean, both Top Gun movies. He's 80 today. Dog Day Afternoon opened New York on this date back in 1975. Goodfellas was released 
on this date 33 years ago. And when I look at this, it's amazing because I've interviewed all three of these people, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, and Joe Pesci. Liotta, by the way, not that dissimilar from the characters that you saw him play a lot. Sort of a little bit of a wise guy, you know, a New York type of guy. Uh, Robert De Niro, just sort of a, a grimace on his face. You got the idea that while he was talking to you, he's sitting there thinking, I got stuff to do. I, I can't be sitting here all this whole time. I'm Robert De Niro. I got stuff. I got business. And then Joe Pesci, who is like the sweetest guy in the world. He's the nicest person you ever want to meet. These characters he creates, I think, are all that more impressive when you take into consideration what a mild kind of guy he is. 30 years ago today, NYPD Blue debuted. You see Sip Woods' ass. Will and Grace debuted on NBC 25 years ago. Scientists from Japan say artificial intelligence can help to understand what different chicken clocks mean with about 80% accuracy. They're not specific words, but emotional states like hunger, fear, and excitement. And I've been talking about this for years. I predicted that before I die, some scientists will come along with a way for us to communicate with our pets and maybe even our pets to communicate with us. Well, now, a very curious series of responses from people who were polled on this. If you had a pet and artificial intelligence enabled you to have conversations with your kitty cat or your doggy dog, would you? And only a third of people said, yeah, they would. And men were more into the idea than women. Wouldn't you want to know what your cat was thinking? Wouldn't you want to know what your dog was thinking? And if your dog could talk, my guess is... The first thing he'd say is, where do you guys go? You lock me in a bedroom or in a crate, or if I'm a lucky dog, maybe I get just to roam around the house. But you guys leave for like half the afternoon or even longer than that sometime. You come back. Where do you go? And I'm sure question number two would be, where are my balls? And with that, the J.C. Carquin podcast for Thursday, September 21st, 2023 is in the can. Again, if you can spread the word, let people know we're here doing this at jconthelinecom Also, the radio show at KWolf at 101.5 and 101.7, streaming at kwolf.com. Every Sunday morning, we do our oldies show from 9 to 11. Great old stuff from the 60s and 70s and 80s. We try to surprise you here and there. 9 to 11, Sunday mornings, 101.5, 101.7, string read, kwolf.com, brought to you by Weber Chevrolet. So that's it for the podcast. Now we're done for the week. We do Monday through Thursday. So we'll be back with a radio show tomorrow and then back with everything bright and early Monday. And in the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.